0: Connected futures. Futuros conectados. Connected futures.
1: Connected futures. At the intersection of business, technology and people is Connected Futures. Your guide to business success.
2: foresee at some point machines fighting machines so you know ai malware coming coming up against um defensive ai malware it's an interesting one to uh, to really think about because i do think that it's going to change very very quickly it's like most of these things you know we, we, we always take a view and say yeah well it probably isn't going to happen tomorrow um it doesn't but lo and behold it uh, starts to come about the day after and that always takes us by surprise just the speed at which things change
3: that's Steve Durbin, Managing Director of the Information Security Forum. Like many experts, he's keeping a close eye in the accelerating arms race in cyber war. It's a war that's increasingly relentless, smart, and expensive, with a minimum toll of $500,000 in more than half the incidents, Cisco reports. More and more, it's also highly automated, with sophisticated attacks that probe, adapt, hide, and replicate on their own. That leaves IT and security teams struggling with a complexity and sheer volume of data that can be unmanageable with conventional strategies. Business leaders will need the right technology, strategies, and talent for a machine versus machine arms race. It's a battle that's only going to intensify as nascent technologies like machine learning and its more advanced cousin artificial intelligence play a growing role for attackers and defenders alike. Hi, this is Kevin Delaney, executive editor of Connected Futures. I spoke with a number of subject matter experts in cybersecurity. All agree that human security teams are up against ever more devious, technically sophisticated adversaries at a time when many face a serious talent crunch in IT and security. Here's Ryan Berg, chief scientist for Barclay Security.
4: And we've seen a number of attacks over the last you know, few years where, where the information was there. If someone was just looking at it, and part of that we begin to tune out things because you know, we're, we're trying to find you know, the nuggets that make sense. And with the amount of information that we're see, seeing, that there's really too much information that people can't process in, um, I guess, in a way that is not causing some amount of alert fatigue. And so we're losing you know, the, the needle in the haystack.
3: Emerging technologies can assist in defensive measures that are simply beyond the scope of beleaguered human IT teams. Here's Lucy LaGrimis of Cisco's threat intelligence group Talos, which blocks 19.7 trillion threats daily.
1: Just because the sheer amount of data, right, that we have to analyze, machine learning allows us to um, essentially uh, get down to what is, um, you know, the essential for us to uh, produce detection content. So. You know, when I think about the areas where we utilize machine learning, you know, we've got, um, you know, we're in the email space, right, we're trying to produce detection that protect, uh, provide um, uh, protections against threats that come through the email gateway, so we have lots of different kinds of email data that, you know, is in the petabytes, if you will, so if, you know, we've got machine learning that help us identify, um, you know, uh, bad mails versus good emails. Um, um, we've got uh, machine learning that allows us to identify malware samples in terms of their family identifications. We've got, um, you know, looking for new threats in the, the mounds of email. We've got exploit kit t- detection for NGFW. We utilize it for categorization. So, um, you know, content categories and threat categories are part of the um, security intelligence uh, portfolio offerings we have that are consumed by Cisco products and services. So we use machine learning to help us classify um, you know, websites and determine what kind of content there is and whether there's any malicious content. So it's, it's pretty pervasive in, 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 in what we do and has been for quite some time.
3: A swarm of shapeshifters. Malware and botnets are able to shape shift, meaning that security teams face enemies that replicate and adapt, sometimes from moment to moment. Here's Matt Wachinski of Cisco Talos.
5: You know, attackers generate uh, 100,000 iterations of a, of a piece of malware every single day when they deploy them so that you know, each individual person may receive a unique piece of malware. It's, I mean, it's the same malware, but it's been modified in some way so that, it's, uh, so that it is unique. There's definitely not a human being doing that, right? They've they've created their uh, their scripts and their computer programs to 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 automate their lives. So while it not may not be backed by something that's making a decision or attempting to recognize a pattern, we're already in a you know a computer to computer war.
3: But in the battle for cyber war supremacy, the good guys too are getting a whole lot smarter. Here's Matt Wachinski again.
5: Uh, we parse hundreds of thousands and millions of things a day that we have to turn into protections. Uh, there's no, right, while my organization's 300 people, no, there's, nobody's looking at 90, 95% of that stuff that comes in that we actually generate a signature for or say is bad. Right? It's all auto-classified.
3: Still, as many of our experts were quick to point out, it's important to note that these technologies are only beginning to make an impact. The real changes in security are down the road, Here's Steve Durbin again.
2: And so I think there's a, there's a lot of potential in, in the space, but for the majority of what I would call mainstream organizations or mainstream CISOs, I, I really don't think that uh, AI and machine learning is, is anywhere close to delivering on its uh, on its promise. That being said, it does have really exciting potential for things like incident detection, um, Identifying and communicating risks, uh, particularly around threat intelligence, um, and, of course, that old chestnut of uh, situational awareness so that you can understand better your security status, particularly if you've got um, you know, extended networks and, and so on. So I think in its infancy, lots of potential, um, but uh, we're going to have to wait for a, for a little while yet.
3: Turning that potential into reality, however, is going to be ever more important, given the sheer amount of threats a typical organization faces. The human element. With machines taking over so much in security, what is the role of humans? In short, those 300 experts on Matt Wachinski's team are in no danger of being replaced. And that goes for other security staffs, as Ryan Berg stressed.
4: That human element of, of defining the business context, the business constructs, is going to be continue to be necessary because there are so many moving dials and levers. One business does not look like another, and the only way you can introduce the right amount of, of, of context, um, at least for the, the foreseeable future, is the human element. Humans need to define the context. I mean, we, yeah, I've done a lot of, I've built a lot of different machine learning algorithms, and, and people think that, that they are, um, that it's it's a mystery, right? And I said, well, effectively, the, the, the machine is actually still stupid. The computer is still relatively dumb, right? It requires the human to introduce the context into the machine for the machine to have any understanding of what it's doing in the first place. And, and that piece of it is not going away for a long time.
3: Sven Krasser is the chief scientist at Crowdstrike. He calls AI and machine learning force multipliers,
0: but he's quick to clarify their current limitations like think of machine learning or AI as somewhat of a force multiplier It's, it's kind of the the robotics for us doing work with data, like it allows us to work with more data. It's kind of a tool that lets us lift bigger and heavier data sets. Um, we can we can do that faster in a more repeatable fashion, and uh, like most importantly, you can do things that go beyond human cognition. The the human element is. Uh, important in the sense of that we want to amplify that human knowledge and that can that can take various forms depending on what kind of machine learning or AI is used um, there 's somewhat this misunderstanding of AI as like this independent intelligent agent that that reasons that 's not really what it is um, like uh, ai those those are algorithms right now that can make specific data driven tasks easier and they can help us work with larger data sets but we're not really at a stage where you have these algorithms independently reason
3: but as matt wachinsky of Talos is quick to add cyber criminals of the human variety do reason
5: my my guess is my seven-year-old uh will hopefully never have to learn to drive a car he'll just get in one push a button and it'll go wherever he wants to go Uh, i don't see those types of uh, technologies being as effective in the security space, mainly because uh, a road doesn't move, stop signs don't uh, disappear, um, and stop signs and street lights are not out to get you. But in the security space, you're up against a human being uh, who can change the entire landscape on a dime, um, and it's going to be difficult for machines to adapt to that.
3: But whatever the current limitations, those bad actors still understand the potential of increasingly powerful machines to support their nefarious deeds. As Steve Durbin adds.
2: What is available for the good guys is also available for the the bad guys.
3: The best strategy, then, is making the right investments in human talent, augmented with technology. That could include upskilling in-house talent, adding machine learning, or relying on outside vendors. In most cases, a blend of those capabilities will be the winning formula. Here's Steve Durbin.
2: Great example of where we can use technology in conjunction with human interface. Um, I think that what machine learning is, is going to be good at doing in the short term is just scanning through masses of data that, that we as individuals can't. Well, I think the, the, the role of the, of the human being in this then is analyzing that data um, really trying to, to take it to, on to, to the next stage, applying it to a business situation. Um, and so for me, you know, the opportunity lies in combining those two uh, elements rather than the one replacing the other. And I think with the kinds of technical skills shortages that we are going to continue to see for some while to come, yes, anyway, uh, that, that can only be for the good.
3: A Talent Gap for the AI Age While machines are in no rush to replace humans, they are forcing a redefinition of the skill sets needed to remain secure and competitive. And given the talent crunch in IT, especially around emerging technologies like machine learning, it will be essential for leaders to ensure that their teams continue to grow their skills, not just to expand their capabilities, but to draw talent in the first place. Here's Ryan Berg of Barclay Security
4: you have to have a plan to build that muscle memory within your organization. If you want to have that capability, you are going to have to be willing and able to, to develop that, that capability in-house. Where, you know, security became, you know, first was there was, you know, many organizations, oh, I had to go and hire the experts. Many organizations realized, well, we can't, we can't hire them you know, there aren't that many. There aren't enough of so, them. So we have to figure out how we're going to grow that capability as something that our organization is capable of doing. And, and machine learning is the same thing, right? It, that you're going to have to be able to grow that capability in, internally. And it's, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but it needs to be a, a process um, that is part of your company's sort of DNA. Right. You're, it's, you, know, you're going to, you need to build that in-house because, as, as you know, right it, it is, there is a, a genuine talent shortage.
3: Creating those continuous ongoing opportunities to expand IT skill sets is critical to drawing talent and remaining competitive and secure, Steve Durbin adds. In effect, it's a contract between the organization and the prospective employee.
2: The challenge becomes, how do we keep these people? you're not going to be able to retain them for lengthy periods of time. So I think that this really takes us into the realm of transparency and, and almost an, an open engagement contract between um, the, the technical specialists and the enterprise where we're having conversations about exactly what can we as an organization do for you as an employee and how does that fit with what it is that you're trying to do. And if we provide you with some of these you know, exposure to machine learning, upskilling you technically, what are you going to be able to provide back to us and over what kind of period? That's an entirely different conversation from the ones I think that most traditional security businesses and uh, CIOs are used to having with their staff. Those that are coming into the workforce now have an entirely different level of expectation. And when you compare it with some of the more traditional, you know, baby boomers and, uh, uh, and so on that, that are uh, perhaps traditionally... Uh, in these kinds of uh, senior roles, and that's going to require a massive rethink. So, yeah, you know, to your point, you have to continually train, you have to continually upskill, but it's also about transparency and this open engagement contract where both parties understand what it is they're looking to achieve by collaborating over, over a period of time, whatever that may look like.
3: Moreover, security can't just be seen in terms of defense. It needs to be integrated into any company's growth strategy, with CIOs and CISOs given a voice at the highest levels of the C-suite and the board. After all, innovation can't thrive under a cloud of uncertainty from security threats, as Steve Durbin emphasizes.
2: But I do wonder whether or not a number of uh, organizations don't see this as a, as a potential competitive advantage. Security traditionally has not been in that space, but um, you know, certainly one of the things that, that I've noticed over the past couple of years is that it is moving much more there because security, of course, is becoming integral into business strategy and the way that we go to market, the way that we protect our assets. And that can generate some competitive advantage.
3: Bad actors and low-hanging fruit. The good news is that many cyber criminals have yet to leverage A.I. and machine learning. But that's partly because there's still so much low-hanging fruit to exploit. Like, for example, organizations with substandard security practices. After all, why would hackers invest in advanced technologies when many employees still click on suspicious attachments without even thinking? That, of course, could change fast, especially as state-sponsored cyber criminals continue to elevate their skills. Here's Sven Krasser on the risks of simply looking away.
0: It's easy to be complacent, but you need to move on. You need to adapt new technologies. Machine learning has never been as accessible as it is right now. Like it's very easy to get started, but it requires an investment. And that investment needs to be more than just getting a couple of data scientists on the team, right? It needs to be part of your strategy, you need to have a data strategy, and it needs to be part of your, of your processes and uh, that will become more and more relevant because we're starting to collect more and more data if you take a look at uh, technologies like the internet of things right um, there will be even more devices uh, that generate even more data and you need to you need to be able to work with those volumes of data um, like data that is very sparse that has complicated relationships baked in that uh, are very hard to pick up for for humans. So um, uh, long story short is you need to to start planning a strategy out to get into this, leverage these new technologies sooner than later, or otherwise you will be left behind.
3: Not being complacent means preparing for the worst. And looking past today's technologies to the next wave, including blockchain, the evolution from machine learning to true AI and quantum computing, which Wachinsky calls a crypto nightmare and Steve Durbin, a potential game changer.
2: Yeah, quantum is um, is a long way off, uh, you know, but a long way off in these days is probably no more than five to six years. Mm. Um, but But it is potentially a, a game-changer for things like encryption uh, because quantum computing will break encryption. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I, and, and again, I, you know, we, we've looked at this from a, a threat horizon standpoint. I think one of the things that I'm... Um, I don't know whether concerned is the right word, but, but one of the things that I, I sort of call out in this area is we're probably not gonna know when somebody has come up with quantum computing because it is likely to be a nation-state it is likely to be um, put to a use that is going to be around things like cracking encryption, gathering information. For mainstream organizations, I don't think we're close to quantum computing. I think that, uh, you know, a 10-year horizon is probably the way to be looking at it. That being said, again, you know, a number of the financial services organizations, very large ones, are investing heavily in this particular space as well, as indeed are the vendors, of course.
3: In the meantime, security and business leaders face a perilous threat landscape, one that only promises to get worse. They must ensure that their teams have the right talent and technology and continue looking down the road as they prepare for tomorrow's threats while fending off today's emergencies. Sven Crasser concludes with a call for leaders to look out for where technology is going, not just where it is.
0: Yeah, you need to keep an eye out for you know what's available out there. Um, like your things, your processes might work very well, but again, it's the it's the innovators' dilemma, right? If you build the best tube television, um, that doesn't help you when people want to have an OLED display, for example, right? Um, that's 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 the same. There, you need to you need to see where the ball is going to be, you not know, where it is right now.
3: This is Kevin Delaney for Connected Futures. Special thanks to my very insightful guests, and here's hoping that your organization is safe, secure, and successful.
1: For more insights, analysis, and the voice of thought leaders, go to the Connected Futures online magazine at connectedfutures.com.